This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on Chai FM on a Friday afternoon here in Joka in Johannesburg. A very warm welcome to all of our radio family. Wow, it's been quite a while since we've been together. I think it's sort of back to the beginning of, of December. I hope all of you had a fantastic holiday, whether you were here, whether you were to say somewhere, whether you booked a rest to remain here, or you went elsewhere, you went elsewhere in the country, you went overseas, no matter where you went, I hope it was inspiring, I hope it was restful, I hope it gave you the energy and the inspiration to start a new year with new vigor, with new determination, with new enthusiasm, and Bez Hashem, this, uh, this year should uh, be one of, of growth, of, of development, of of simcha, of nachas, of health for, for, for everyone. Baruch Shem, we're back and uh, we'll continue as we have been doing up till now. Short idea and then some halacha. Uh, I thought perhaps in light of the fact that in the Dishu program we've started doing the fourth chedek of the Mishnah Brewer, the laws of Erevin. So maybe just a brief synopsis on some of those issues. It's something that is very relevant. We have an area of here, and obviously not going into all of the uh, the details uh, 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 that is brought in the halacha, because that can become quite uh, quite complicated and quite confusing with just the basic uh, overview. But before that, this week we have Pashas Beshalach. Pashas Beshalach has a few main themes. Of course, the first one that covers Virtually uh, more than half the Pasha is, of course, the, the crossing of the Reed Sea and the final episode of the exodus of the Jewish nation from, from Mitzrayim with the destruction of the entire uh, uh, Egyptian, Egyptian nation, perhaps bar, bar, uh, bar one. But what I want to just focus on for a moment is quite interesting that after the uh, crossing of the... Uh, of the uh, Reed Sea, and in between there, obviously other events happened between that and the the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai, which was basically six weeks after the crossing of the sea. But the Torah relates that in between that, after Kriyas Yamsuf and before Matan Torah, the Jewish nation experienced what what appeared to be a kind of a very very uh, Unfortunate episode. In fact, the Torah says just that the Bamidbar, the Jews traveled for three days in the water, and they couldn't, uh, and they couldn't find any water to drink. And the natural reaction was, the people then complained, they had complaints to, to Moshe Abenu. So as you know, Moshe Rabbeinu then took a piece of, of wood, right, a bitter piece of wood, threw that into the bitter, undrinkable water, and caused the water to turn, to turn sweet. So this is the, the episode that takes place in, in this week's Pasha, where Moshe Rabbeinu, faced with the contentious complaints of the Jewish nation, does this miracle and then proceeds to sweeten to sweeten the water. Now the Torah tells us right afterwards, Sham, that in that place 
some loichaiku mishpat. That's there, right there, in this place called Mara. So Kaisal were given for the, actually for the very first time, uh, a certain number of mitzvahs. There's one of the Mepharshim who in fact says that they were given a total of ten mitzvahs. They were given, first of all, the Sheva mitzvahs, the seven Noachite mitzvahs that everyone is bound by, plus Kivit of Aim, the mitzvah of honoring your parents, the mitzvah of Shabbos, and, and Dinim, the basic jurisprudence, the basic uh, legislative structure, which would govern the way all kinds of disputes are, 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 are dealt with. And that's a total of ten, uh, altogether. Uh, the Medrash, in fact, adds, an eleventh, the Medrash adds, Pora Aduma. But kind of a, so this is known as the beginning. The beginning of the giving of mitzvahs to, to, uh, to, to Klai When we say, Tashem Asher Kiddushanu Bemitzvah you sanctified us with your mitzvahs vitzivanu, which is what we say by every, every mitzvah. So we say the words, Asher Kiddushanu Bemitzvah that Hashem made us holy, Hashem sanctified Klai with his mitzvahs. Where did that start? That started at tomorrow. Vitzivanu, and then Hashem commanded us, for example, whatever the mitzvah will be, the Shmaya Kal Shoifer, to hear, to hear the sound of the Shoifer, that was given at Hasinai. So we can actually divide up the, the Asher Kirishanu B'Mitzvah that Hashem began by sanctifying us with his mitzvahs, that already took place at Morah with the first infusion, the first giving of any mitzvahs to, to Klai Yisrael. And then the Tzivon, which is the subsequent infusion of the rest of the mitzvahs that happened at, at, uh, at, at Arsina. So, so that's in fact why, uh, on Shabbos, when we actually make Kiddush, so we're very precise in the language we say, at the beginning of the bracha of Kiddush Rishay, Asher Kiddushanu B'mitzvaysav, Hashem sanctified us, V'ratzavanu, and He desired us, and we don't say, we don't say V'tzivanu at all by Kiddush. Why not? Because Asher Kiddushanu B'mitzvaysav refers to Mara. And, and the first time we were commanded about Shabbos, the first time we were taught about Shabbos, was at Mara. Therefore, the word Vitzivana, which denotes what happened at Asinai, is not mentioned in the bracha of, uh, of, uh, of, of Kiddush. Now, there's a, there's a well-known question that, uh, that is often dis- discussed about. We, we often, when we talk about the, the events that, uh, that Mara, so we say that that was the, that was the very beginning of the giving of mitzvahs for, for, for Klai Yisrael. However, the problem is that last week in Parsha's boy, so there also, if you look through the Parsha, there were ten mitzvahs that we were given in Parsha's boy. So therefore, the mitzvahs of the Torah actually began not at Mora, but actually began in Mitzrayim we received the first ten mitzvahs. So it's a bit uh, strange now we always look as at Mara as the original place 
where mitzvahs began, when in fact, as a matter of fact, it began in Mitzrayim. And the Gemara, in fact, the Gemara in, in Horius says exactly that, that the, that Chilas mitzvahs was at Mara. It says, Ha'amamar, uh, Mara says, Eser mitzvahs nitztava Yisrael b'mara. That the Jews were commanded these first ten mitzvahs at Mara. So it seemed that in Mitzrayim itself, there were mitzvahs, and those mitzvahs weren't just for that time. The mitzvahs were generations. How do, how do we understand? How do you understand this? So to answer the the question, so we need to just look at the parsha itself. It says, They went three days in the water, in in the, in the desert, and they couldn't. Find water. So what, what does the explanation seem to be? That Kaiso traveled three days and they couldn't find water and they, and they complained. So certainly if one's learning on the, on the Pshat level, simply, that, that is what seems to be, to be, uh, to be said. However, the Chazal make a, a drosha, the Chazal, uh, 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 learn out that Kaiso went three days, what's Mayim? Say ain mayim below Torah that uh, they went three days without Torah learning because they were so busy traveling, and therefore by Yelanu they complained to Moshe Rabbeinu that we're so busy traveling we don't even have time to learn Torah. When Moshe Rabbeinu heard that, so Moshe Rabbeinu instituted right then the practice which we still have to this day, of making sure that we read from Isefer Torah within three days. Uh, we read on Shabbos, and then straight away, two days later on Monday, and then three days later on Thursday. We never allow three days to go by without learning Torah. In other words, we never let the three days pass without without uh, uh, learning. Right? Um, and that that's what Moshe Rabbeinu instituted at that uh, at that day. And that's what it means, Vayireyu Hashem Eitz, according to this explanation, what does it mean, Vayireyu? HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him Ahira, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him a, a Psak, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him, gave him Torah. So that's when the mitzvahs of Moro were given. So in other words, the episode here has one meaning on a Pshat level, that people cried for water and uh, and 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 complained, and Moshe Rabbeinu did this miracle of throwing the bitter stick in and making it sweet, and then another meaning al pidrush, right? So uh, 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 that uh, that uh, the aimai military that uh, was referring here to the fact that they didn't didn't learn, and the people complaining that they didn't have time, didn't have the headspace, didn't have the wherewithal to sit and and learn Torah. So undoubtedly. There were obviously some, some Yidin who, you know, the Pshat is always true. There must have been some Jews who were actually complaining about, about the water. And there were other Jews who were on this higher level and complained about not being able to, uh, to learn, to learn Torah. And that's why. That, you know, if we are between Kriyas Yamsov and Matan Torah, and we're, we're moving towards Hasina and we're not learning Torah. It's completely, completely incongruous. So it comes out 
that there's in fact a major difference between the mitzvahs of Mara and the mitzvahs that were given in Mitzrayim. Why? Because the mitzvahs in Mitzrayim were given to us because it, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to tell Klai Yisrael what to do. Right? All the mitzvahs of Chodesh Nisan were, were told they needed to know how to make the Korn Pesach. They needed to know about the Matzahs. They needed to know all the halachas of the Korn Pesach. That was absolutely relevant, absolutely important, necessary, imperative that they be given those mitzvahs there in Mitzrayim in order that they should be able to, uh, to know what to do. However, in Mara, it was something completely, completely different. It was the Jewish nation's thirst for Torah learning. Not so much for the actual practice of mitzvahs. We want to learn. Of course, one who learns about mitzvahs, of course, then is going to then go practice the mitzvahs. You hear about Shabbos, so you're going to start keeping Shabbos. But the motivation for the mitzvahs was the thirst that they had at that point for learning Torah, for, 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 for limit of Torah. Therefore, according to Pshat, that they learned Paradum, according to the one manager who says they, they had Paradum also, so they certainly they couldn't practice uh, a paraduma. They didn't have it. They weren't. They weren't Torah yet. They didn't have a mishkan, but they were given the mitzvah to learn. They were given the mitzvah to be ma'ayin. They were given the mitzvah because they had this tremendous thirst for Talmud Torah that Hakadosh Baruch needed to needed to uh, 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 quench by giving them these these mitzvahs. So if so, then it comes out very very gishma. It comes out that the whole chashivut, the whole significance of Klal Yisrael's first mitzvahs, they were the ones that were given in Mara. Because it was in Mara that Klal Yisrael truly thirsted, truly had a chesh, truly had a desire for, for mitzvahs. And they received them not only as, as mitzvahs, things that you have to do because this is necessary to keep you going, but it was given to them as a, a portion of their limit of Torah. It was given to them as, as, as part and parcel of the Torah that they were going to, to learn. And that's what we say. We say, Asher Kiddushanu Bimitzvaisav. That's where the true Kiddusha lies. The Kiddusha lies when a person does mitzvahs because he wants to, because he's motivated, because, because it, 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 uh, it, uh, it, it's something that inspires him and, and wants him, and wants him to grow. That's the Asher Kiddushanu. Right, and so that's uh, that's uh, that's the one one thing. Just to, to perhaps to 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 add the the uh, the morale uh, elsewhere. I think in Sefer in Sefer Bamidbar so explains that the, the mitzvahs that were given in Mara were not complete mitzvahs. In other words, Klaishol were told some of the dinim of those mitzvahs, but not. All called diktukeh, not all the details, not all the, not all the, uh, the, the, the intricate parts of Leil Alach, let's say of the Halachas of Shabbos, they weren't given everything. That, the true explanation of all the details, that happened later at, uh, at Asina. And again, if one wants to know why, why, why give half of Shabbos, why give Shabbos incompletely and, and fill in the, the picture later? So again, the answer is Gishmael that the purpose of what they were given at Mara was to enhance and facilitate them uh, uh, to be involved in learning of, uh, of, of the mitzvahs. And someone who learns them, not just 
for the purpose of performing them, but to understand them. So, uh, so learning, learning has to be with the, the intention of, of keeping up the things of understanding the things that you learn. So nevertheless, the, the most important part of what took place at Mara was the inspiration that came for them to be learning, to be learning, uh, uh, uh Torah. So it's, it's, it's a whole new appreciation we have of this whole, of this whole, uh, episode, how it, uh, how it played out and that it was meant, in fact, as, 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 uh, it came about, motivated by the, by the, by the Jews and, and by what they wanted to, to accomplish. And that's why they received it. And that is the Asher Kiddushanu Bet Mitzvah. So we're going to come back with, our second segment, our, our segment on Hilchas Erevin in a moment. This is Soul to Soul on Chai FM, the greatest radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM, back on your radio here on Soul to Soul on Erev Shabbos, Kodesh Parshas, B'Shalach. Great to be back with you. It really, really is uh, the important Times that you need to know for this Shabbos. Standard Johannesburg candlelighting time in across the community is at 6.15, quarter past six. However, uh, the latest possible time for lighting candles, 18 minutes before sunset, would be at 6.46 this, uh, this evening. So if you want, you need that extra half hour and your shul is doing it, you could be Mikabal Shabbos at that, uh, at that point. Shki is at four minutes past uh, seven Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at seven thirty-eight. Winter is coming. We're already off the latest Shabbos ending ending time. Doesn't mean I feel like winter is coming, but it certainly it certainly is. Please be uh, remember the fact that please uh, Hashem on Monday will be Tubishvat, the special special holiday of the of the trees and the fruit and the uh, opportunity for uh, rejuvenation and and uh, and new new beginnings and take advantage of that and make it a a wonderfully special a wonderfully special day as i mentioned at the outset i thought that in conjunction with the fact that the worldwide uh halacha program and of course that includes we are part of the world and includes many many uh, that are going on here in Johannesburg, and I urge you to avail yourself of one of them. They're probably in most of the shuls and at most of the time slots you could possibly want. There's a shir that you could want, and get involved and start learning halacha. You know, the people that many people I've talked to and that are involved tell me it's literally changed their lives. They understand, they know, they are aware of things I never even were aware were issues before, and it's a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous thing. So they've recently started the fourth chalik of the Mishnah Berurah, halfway through. Can you imagine? In this cycle, we've gone through half of the entire uh, Mishnah Berurah. That's all the daily halachas, all the halachas of meals and eating, and this entire great uh, uh, volume of the laws of, of, of Shabbat. And we're moving on to Chalik Dal, which is about some of the laws of Erev, Erevin, and then uh, a, a host and, and myriad of different other topics that will come, that will come up. So I thought maybe just a, a, a brief kind of outline and overview of what some of Hilchas Erevin is without, without going into all the details because as I say, they're quite intricate, quite, quite complicated. So let's, let us, uh, let us just start, uh, as we, uh, as we go. So we, we know that, uh, that 
the Allah tells us that there are different areas uh, in of of uh, of uh, property as regards as regards Shabbos. We talk about four major major areas. The 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 major ones that are really uh, are what we call a rishus harabim, a public a public domain, and rishut hayachid is a area that is surrounded by by walls called a private domain although it doesn't necessarily have to have uh, a, an owner at uh, at at uh, at all and the halacha the halacha states that a person would be allowed if you're in a rishutayachid if you would in a domain that uh, is defined by the fact that it has four walls around it that are at least 10 tefachim approximately a meter high, a meter high, and the airspace contained within it is at least, uh, four, four tvachim, at least, uh, 40 centimeters by, by 40 centimeters. So within that area, you are allowed to carry at will and carry as much and whatever it is, well, not whatever it is, but those things that are permissible to move and carry on Shabbos, you can carry them for an unlimited, uh, uh, uh amount of time. However, in the public domain, public domain generally is is uh, classified as something that is outdoors. It it doesn't have a roof. It requires a certain dimensions. Uh, talks about uh, sixteen amot or about eight meters uh, 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 wide. It's not fully it's not fully walled. So in that type of area, so the Allah says you are not allowed to carry anything. For a distance of more than four amot, or more than about two two meters, that that uh, to do that, uh, even if you're not changing from one area to another, if you're in the public place and you have something in your hand and you carry it for the distance of of two meters, you automatically violate the the prohibition of carrying on uh, on, uh, on on Shabbat. Uh, similarly. Uh, if you are in a domain that is classified as a private domain in a walled in a walled area and you want to transfer something from there into the public domain you want to cross the border of the private domain and enter the the, the public domain or the other way around now if you're in a public area and you want to now carry something into a private area so that is all forbidden. That all falls under the category of carrying on uh, on uh, on on shops. Um, however, Chazalim instituted that there are certain means we can use to fix up, so to speak, to to doctor the Rishus Harabim, the the public place. And make it into like a private domain where one would be allowed to carry uh, in it, and that is through the means of what we call an Arab through using an Arab we can uh, almost transform a public area into a a private area in order to allow us to to carry that and 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 through that you'd be allowed to carry. Objects, even in the public area, 
without any limitation. You can could carry, obviously, again, it has to be things that are permitted to be carried on Shabbos, but you'll be allowed to carry, once you've fixed up the, the, the public area, you can now carry there without any any kind of, uh, of, of, of limitation. And similarly, it would then also be permitted to carry any kind of object, either from within a private house or a private uh, a courtyard into this area that, well, previously was called a Rishusaram, but now that it's been fixed up, it's now considered part of the Rishusayachid. And all around, I can carry then from the public in, into the into the private. We'll give, come back with a little more explanation uh, about this after our break. This is 101.9 Chai FM, soul to soul. Don't run away. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. Back on your radio on 11.9 Chai FM, soul to soul on a beautiful, warm Friday afternoon here in Joburg. Thank you so much for being part of our family. Thank you so much for tuning your radio to this radio station and gleaning the wisdom, gleaning the Torah insights that Baruch Hashem we have coming your way for a large part of the day and, uh, and, uh, and night. And, uh, it's great to have you as, as part of our family. So we're talking about the implementation of uh, of an Erev and the ramifications it can have in transforming different areas that usually are completely incongruent with each other and usually don't allow transfer from one to 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 the other by use of an Erev we allow we fuse them we merge them together into a one area into a concurrent areas and and therefore we allow then a, a, a transfer of uh of materials of objects without limitation from one to the other, from the public to the private, or vice vice versa. In in order to create the concept of an aid of this binding together of different properties, there are two main ingredients that we need in order to make a, 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 an aid of. One uh, one kind of is is relevant to the area itself the area that we're going to be making the the uh air of itself and one is relevant to the people who are living within that uh, that area in terms of the actual real estate in terms of the area itself so the halakha says you need to completely surround that uh, that area with some kind of a fence some kind of a a demarcation border in order to mark it in order to clearly delineate it in order to be able to turn it into one into one unit and and turn what was a public property into a private property but it's not sufficient to simply put something around the perimeter of the area that I want to Join that does alone doesn't create an eruv. What we need to do also is create some kind of a partnership, some kind of a unity, some kind of a a union of of a oneness between all the people that live in that in that area. How do we create such unity? How do we take a disparate human beings? And, and fuse them and form them into one group so that the Erev can take, can take effect. So that is done through the use of 
food, food that would be sufficient amount that it, uh, it could suffice for at least two meals, and everyone, everyone who's living within that area becomes a part owner, becomes a buys into that that food and the or partial owners of of that of that area. And every single one of them, any one of all those people, could theoretically come and partake of the food in the area of their all joint owners of that of that uh, of that food. That food, that joint uh, 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 two meals that is put together and kept and forms the cement that makes the eruv work. That is actually called the eruv. Why? Because it mixes together all the different houses, all the different courtyards, all the different uh, 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 people, and creates from them one entity, one one place, which now is classified as a rishus hayochel, as a private, as as a walled and controlled area where you are now allowed to to uh, to to carry. Now, uh, we know that. There are, even when we talk about a public area, we talk about two dimensions. We talk about that which is considered a public area from the Torah law. And that kind of area that's, um, maybe as far as the Torah would not be considered a public area, but the, the Chachamim, the rabbis, consider it a public area. And that's called the area called a Carmelis. A Carmelist says, as the Mishnah says, it's kind of nishtahin and nishtahir. It's not a rishus harabim. It's not a fully constituted rishus rabim as the Torah would would determine. And it's not a private, a private area. It's somewhere. It's somewhere in between. In order to allow transportation and carrying in a rishus harabim, as far as the Torah is concerned, so we have to put a wall around it or a fence around it, which is at least 10 tfachim uh, 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 high. And we need to have uh, 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 doors or gates or uh, entranceways that, that, uh, that, uh, through which people come in. They need to be, they need to be locked at the night, as the, as the Shulchan Aruch, as the Shulchan Aruch says. But if it's only a rabbinic, if it's a kamlis, it's only a rabbinic public property, so then you don't need a proper fence, but it's enough to, to, uh, to surround it. We'll be called it Surah Sapesach, or just some kind of indication, and we'll, and we'll go more into this in, in next week, in order to turn that rabbinic Rabbim into a, into a private area. We'll, we'll, we're gonna flesh this out and, and, uh, talk about some more of the details about this, please God, in the next week's shear, but, uh, time is already approaching where it's almost news time and then time to carry on with the programming as we approach, as we approach, uh, uh, Shabbat. So there's just sufficient time to firstly, uh, thank every one of you for joining us today, for being part of our, our radio family. It's deeply, deeply appreciated. Please communicate. Uh, whatever and whenever you, you feel you want to let us know something, something you want to improve, something you want to hear about, something you want, um, uh, us not to be, not to be doing. And at the same time, then to just wish 
each and every one of you an amazing, amazing Shabbat. This is Shabbat Shira, the Shabbat where we sing the great song of praise that the Jewish nation said. It's a praise, it's a song which Hazal tells us if you do it properly, Hashem forgives all your, all your sins and we are, we are going to be living you. Thank you very much. And just to each and every one of you, you and your families and all those that you love and care about, we wish you all a wonderful, warm, good Shabbos.